Welcome to Power Past the Competition, the podcast where John Latka, a retail automotive expert with an undeniable track record in sales leadership, employee development, and performance management, shares ways and means to help you get energized and rev up sales. And now, here's your host, John Latka. Welcome back, everyone. I'm John Latka, and this is Power Past the Competition, our podcast for November 2022. The title of this month's episode is Get Off Your High Horse, You Horse's Ass. And I'll be talking about the bad managers employees have to deal with on a daily basis. Now, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of great managers out there. However, I'm sure that most of you listening will agree that there are probably as many bad managers. The purpose of this episode is not only to point out the signs of a bad manager, but to help managers avoid pitfalls and manage teams more successfully. Now, before we get into the meat of this podcast, I want to define the terms high horse and horse's ass. So, where does the phrase get on your high horse come from? My research led me to believe that most likely the saying comes from medieval landowners and soldiers who were known to ride large horses to emphasize their power and superiority over their subjects. And from there, the phrase high horse grew to mean pompous or self-righteous among other definitions. It's a phrase people respond with in an argument when the other person is acting in a holier-than-thou manner. To put it in simpler terms, you tell a person to stop acting as if they're the top authority when they aren't. So, if you tell someone to, or suggest that someone should get off their high horse, you're suggesting they stop behaving in a superior manner. And further to acting superior, that person may also be viewed as a horse's ass, a term first used circa 1865. The term stems from mule the result of a female horse being crossed with a male jackass. A horse's ass would be an ass kept for breeding purposes and was considered a low form of life. Wow, how harsh is that? And we've all seen it or heard it. At times, managers thinking they're being funny when everyone else knows they're not they've often been referred to as a jerk, an unpleasant, stupid, unlikable, incompetent person. In other words, a real horse's ass. I find it interesting that when talking with these types of managers, you get the feeling they're important, when it should be the other way around. They should be making you an employee or team feel important. So, let's talk about some of the signs and behaviors of a bad manager and how these behaviors can be fixed. One of the most common and easy to recognize signs of a bad manager is micromanagement. 
Instead of giving employees the time, space, and autonomy to perform, micromanagers have a tendency to over-observe and dictate every part of a process. They unwittingly delay results because they focus on the insignificant many rather than the critical few aspects of a process. This approach tends to kill creativity, reduce productivity, and shows a lack of trust. Employees can feel that they don't have ownership or control over their efforts. Now, we all know that managers are accountable for their team's results. And it's often the inexperienced manager that thinks micromanagement is the answer. Fixing this problem is relatively easy. It starts with managers putting trust in their teams and then scaling back on what and when the team needs to report to the manager. Once everyone agrees on how often things should happen, they simply need to stick to their agreement. And managers will be pleasantly surprised at how providing employees with some autonomy and space can lead to targets not only being met, but oftentimes exceeded. Another area bad managers struggle with is giving feedback which is one of a manager's most important tasks. I believe that one of the primary roles of a manager is to evaluate and guide employees. A manager who doesn't provide performance insight is ignoring his or her responsibility. The end result? Employees are denied the chance to develop. Some managers even have a fear of meeting with employees about performance reviews, while others only offer criticism without recognizing positive contributions. Then, some managers assume that the occasional good job or well done without further details addresses performance. And there are those managers who neglect to give feedback at all. In some cases, the reviews may be too harsh. Giving feedback is sometimes viewed as an art form that many managers struggle with. Fixing this issue takes planning and practice. In the retail automotive industry, and sales in particular, a manager should have monthly, quarterly, and yearly reviews with members of their team. In addition, they should allow opportunities for one-on-one -on -one informal reviews and feedback sessions. And role-play, along with practice sessions, can really help make managers more comfortable with the process of performance reviews. And what's one of the worst bad manager traits? A lack of empathy. Because this trait tends to allow for other bad behaviors. Managers who can't or don't recognize the feelings of employees may not think twice about things like gossiping, yelling and screaming, or even worse, leading employees to the point of burnout. In some cases, it can even be viewed as work 
workplace abuse. These managers tend not to care about the lives of employees outside the work environment or the outside factors that may be having an effect on performance. While we've all heard that we should leave personal problems at the door when we come to work, as humans, we are all prone to having a bad day. There are many significant events that lead to bad days, like a death of a friend or family member, a recently diagnosed illness, and on a positive note, the birth of a child, which can lead to a great day. But either way, expecting an employee to show no effects is totally unreasonable. These managers tend to treat employees more like machines than humans. Fixing this issue can be challenging, but not impossible. In this case, the manager has to learn how to be mindful and self-aware. And even if they can't show kindness, they can at least give their employees some space. They need to make an effort in learning how to observe and imagine employees' feelings under specific circumstances. And it may take some serious soul-searching for these managers to find the root cause for their lack of empathy and compassion. Some may even need professional help. I'm sure that most of you agree that a good manager treats all team members equally, while a bad manager tends to play favorites. These managers may have a personal relationship with their favorites or may just simply like some team members better than others. While it's not a crime, preferential treatment has been referred to as a cardinal sin for managers. It's where opportunities are given to some members of the team based on personal feelings rather than skill set or merit. This behavior results in being discouraging and even demoralizing for those that aren't in the favorites group. In order to fix this, managers have to keep in mind how they interact with their team members. They have to stay impartial, regardless of close relationships. They need to separate the personal from the professional relationship. Another sign of a bad manager, and one that sticks out like a sore thumb, is stealing credit. It's when the manager takes credit for ideas and efforts that came from the team or one of its members. They fail to acknowledge the contribution. Every employee and team member has ambitions and goals. They deserve to be recognized, and managers stealing their thunder is not only counterproductive, it's unfair. In order to fix this, managers need to be realistic and honest when it comes to deciding who played the biggest role in the end result. And when a manager gives a shout-out of praise and gives credit to the employee or team, the chances are that the employee or team will give the manager credit in return. To me, that's a win-win. Wouldn't you agree? Then there's the authoritarian management style. And in the opinion of many, 
it's the least effective. And sadly, it's the go-to style for most bad managers. They manage like dictators, demanding respect and obedience while punishing employees or team members that challenge their authority. Their word is gospel and final, and don't anyone try to have a discussion or disagree with it. It's simply not allowed. The sad thing is that employees and team members are conditioned to keep quiet and not speak up under any circumstances. And what happens to creativity and innovation? Not to mention the mental health of those subjected to this approach to management. Resolving this issue starts with the manager having to admit that they, too, may be wrong at times. They also have to encourage conversations and even some debates. And when making decisions, the reason or reasons behind it need to be explained to employees and team members so that they understand the logic. As we wrap up this episode, I want to make it clear that there are some great managers in our industry. And for those that are inexperienced and show signs of being or becoming a bad manager, I hope this podcast will raise some awareness. Let's all try to remember that just like us, managers are human and we all have some flaws and bad habits. But it's when the bad outweighs the good that we run into bad management. The good news is that every one of us have the opportunity to learn and develop. And the only true bad manager is the one who refuses to change. So, how do you go from being a bad manager to becoming a good manager? You can start by recognizing and admitting your own weaknesses. Take steps to counteract those weaknesses. Take steps toward continuous improvement by seeking feedback, reading books on management, and attending training sessions and seminars that address your specific needs. In closing, for bad managers out there, get off your high horse and quit being a horse's ass. So, if you enjoyed this podcast, please download and share it. And if you have any suggestions for future podcasts, you can reach out to me through John Latka on LinkedIn, through our contact page on AutomotiveBusinessSolutions.com, or simply call toll-free at 877-708-8484. And until next time, may God bless, good selling, and stay safe. Power past the competition with John Latka, sponsored by Automotive Business Solutions. Automotive Business Solutions, a boutique consulting agency offering workshops, seminars, and performance-specific software to help you power past the competition. Find Automotive Business Solutions online at AutomotiveBusinessSolutions.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. This has been a Podstarter production. production.